Well, here we are again, Bernie. Episode three of the Two Ball Golf Show. They said it would never last. You said that last time, <laughs> and yet it has. And I always think the proof is in the pudding, Bernie. It and is. on that note, it's your birthday. So a many happy returns to you. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that. Thank you, everybody at home, for all the cards, presents and money they sent. Much appreciated. Do you know why they say happy returns? I had this one not long ago. Absolutely no idea. Absolutely but I no idea. presume you're going to tell me. No, I don't, I, I don't know. I've looked <laughs> oh. it up and I have explained it once before, but I can't remember. It was that mm. fascinating. Was it? It's something to do with the fact that you return happy returns. So it's going to return to you with good good faith, good goodness. We need to get this podcast going because we've just lost everybody on yeah, this conversation. Yeah, for that. <laughs> Absolutely right. Now, before we move on, just want to announce an exciting new sponsorship for this show. Just Golf Online. Just Golf Online are an online website for golf equipment, but with a slight difference. They get the best deals possible. So a lot of the product that you're going to see on Just Golf Online is a lot of maybe last year's stock where they've been able to get some good prices on it. They've got some liquidation offers on there. They've got 11, they've got sub-7, so they've got lots of offers out there with lots of the top, top brands. So if you want to go and check out Just Golf Online, go and make sure you check them out and see what deal you can get. A few things to get through, though, Bernie. Yes. Um, You, on your channel, we talked about your channel in episode one. We did, yeah. But you on your channel have got, well, you don't call it an episode, a series but I would say that your target is to get back down to scratch yeah I've sort of put out my intentions on a couple of videos I've mentioned it on social media that I do feel that I'm ready to begin a bit of a process a bit of a journey to try and get my golf back to a level which I'm happy with and to become a scratch golfer again now a lot of people don't know and should know that you actually were a professional golfer so you turned pro certainly before I turned pro. I was at college at the time, and you turned yeah. pro, started your PGA. People don't realise that. No, I did. I turned pro at Cherson in sort of 2002-2003 season where with the intention of doing the PGA. So I did. I moved from Cherson to Torquay when circumstances changed um, for the person I was working for, and I did, I did only 10 years at Torquay as a PGA assistant yeah. and a golf pro before returning to the amateur scene and what so what's the plan now obviously when you've come back to the amateur scene amateur scene you turn pro off one yeah um you you, you're definitely a scratch golfer without as far as i was concerned certainly during your professional ranks and certainly coming back into being an amateur yeah um but you have gone up significantly you came back off plus one plus so, two or so one yeah or so when i when i got my amateur status back it was on the old system not this world system that we're currently um, in I was I was basically given a scratch handicap yeah which I sort of uh, maintained for sort of seven eight years but yeah I was, I was able to keep it at that and then when they changed the new system I was plus one and then I had a couple of good scores which got me to plus two but from there over a sort of 14 15 month period I went up to 5.7 which is basically seven you get seven shots at Cherson off the back tees which was a little bit high. Um, but I have come down significantly since, and I feel that now I'm ready for that, the next step, really. And it's it's big steps when you're trying to get down from sort of, I'm 2.7 at the moment, down to sort of zero zero. It's only 2.6 shots, but that's a big, big huge. step. Yeah. It's huge. 
Like, how, how is the new... Because I don't know it, obviously. I know it in the fact that I know it's changed. I work yeah. in golf, but I don't work enough with that side of it. How is the new handicap system? Is it working? Um, Do you like it? It's, it's open to abuse on both levels. I think that's the main concern for me. You can... I, I know people who have... They only sort of enter scores when they're playing well they're not really following the guidelines of how you're supposed to because you're supposed to go into the shop or go online onto the app and actually in put your intention down that you're going to put a card in for casual yeah. rounds so before it was literally just tournaments where your handicap was affected now if we go out for a little for nine holes or 18 holes i can put my intentions in early and say right well, i'm going to put a card in but there are ways of removing that card not entering your card in for example and I know people that have got a handicap which is probably lower than their ability, but then I also know people who will use casual rounds to actually get the handicap up so that when they play a competition, they've got more chance of winning. So it is open to more abuse than what the old system was, in my opinion. Just so I'm fully aware of this, because, uh, like I said, I've never done a handicap or yeah. anything like that in this new system. So are you supposed to put in... I heard this the other day. Are you supposed yeah. to put in every round of golf that you play? Okay, so the so what I was led to believe when the system first came in that every time you teed the ball up, you you had to enter your score and pop your score in. Yeah. However, the county and I think even England golf have now started to make certain restrictions. So it's basically eight scores out of twenty that count for handicap purposes. So you have okay. like twelve scores which get knocked off. Your eight. Scores then get divided by a certain number and it gives you a handicap, which you don't need to shoot level par around most courses to to have a scratch handicap. You could probably average one or two over par, generally. Yeah. But um, so the county now are saying, and, and England Golf are saying, that certain events, they will say that so many of those scores in your top eight have to actually have been submitted in competition format. Which is different to what they said to start with, which makes it even more complicated. So it has changed? Yeah, they've tried to sort of uh, improve the system slightly, I guess. Right, OK. Um, but it's still, for me, it's not a perfect system. And I just feel... I, know, I understand the reasons for going to it, but the old system wasn't broke, so I don't know why they tried to fix it and change okay, it. OK, so to me it seems like, you know, for you in the old system to go from a plus two handicapper to... Five, six handicapper. Uh, well, I mean, it would have taken you. It would taken you years competition to, to, to probably do that. I Whereas, thought, yeah, now you can. Your handicap does fluctuate a lot, and, and it's almost to the point where people are. You know, we used to chase people down or the secretaries of golf clubs down to say, "Come on, get my score, get my card in, put yeah. my uh, score through the system, so I know what my new handicap is." Because there was always an opportunity if you'd played well. You and to got cut. Yourself, cut. Didn't you? You, well, you had to cut yourself, but then you didn't know what to cut yourself to because no. obviously there was standard scratch and competition standard scratches and all that sort of thing going on. So you had to cut yourself. If you didn't cut yourself properly, you got disqualified, which yeah. was either was felt was a, a really bad system. Yeah. But it doesn't seem. I mean, is it an automatic move now? Yeah. So the new, the new system, once your score submitted, it goes almost instantly onto your playing records, and then from sort of 12 o'clock till 6 o'clock. I'm not exactly sure the exact time scale. I think it's near 6 o'clock in the morning. Your update. handicap will get updated. Right. So it's updated as soon as you submit the, submit the card, which, yeah. which is probably the 
the beauty of the system that yeah. club secretaries don't have to worry about that. It's done instantly by the app, um, and your handicap will change. But I mean, you can play twenty. You can play twenty rounds. You can play two rounds a day for ten days, and your handicap could jump five shots because there is a. Once you go up more than five shots, I think it is four or five shots, it goes into a soft, soft cut. So you don't basically go up. The most you can go up is basically five, six shots in a, a year. Yeah. So you can't, you couldn't go from like four to twenty-four okay. by putting twenty cards in. But it does mean your handicap does fluctuate quite and, and rapidly, actually, depending on form. Which is, I was going to say, does that not like mean if you are? Because I mean, there was a lot of people that just couldn't play to their handicap anymore, and they were getting frustrated on the old system, saying, "Yeah, oh, my handicap's seven, but realistically, I'm a fifteen handicapper." Yeah. Um, you know, at least I suppose it gives people the opportunity to to feel like they've got something to play for still now. Yeah, I mean, I'd. Uh, I will give an example. So in the um, southwest uh, mid amateur, I shot 73 in the morning, which I had a 71 on my score, which knocked it off. So my handicap went up in the morning, and I shot 69 in the afternoon, which knocked off a 72. So I came down, but I stayed, remained on the same handicap. handicap through the after that after that competition. Which really, when you win an event you should feel like you should reduce it normally you'd reduce I'd have reduced that by with the standard scratch probably a, a good shot off my handicap so it's a bit um yeah it's it's tricky objective now though get back down to scratch yeah how is that going good yeah so um I did 42 points but it's um I don't know whether to complicate this matters more with stuff so if you play off the back tees at Cherston you gain an extra two Shots on your handicap, off my handicap. So I, was, I basically shot level par, which was 42 points. I was off, I get four plus the two was six. So I shot 42 points. And then I did a casual round um, the same week, which was be- was a better round than I had that I was knocking off. So I came down sort of 3.5 down to sort of 2.7 in the week. And I've got a couple of competitions coming up in the next week or so. So hopefully I can reduce it further yeah. before we go on to the winter course. And are you ready for scratch? Do you want um, to be a scratch golfer? I do, again? yeah. I want to. I, it's more of sort of you set yourself targets. I think, and it's important to do that in golf. You, yeah. you, I mean, you must have personal targets as well. Yeah, for sure. Which gives you motivation to practice and to improve. And I just felt that getting to scratch just to prove to myself that I can still do it. I know I can shoot scores under par, so getting to scratch will just be it'll be the icing on the cake for a good sort of 14, 15 months of golf yeah. where I feel like I'm getting back to a level that I want to play at to enhance enjoyment for me. Okay. So what I mean by that, though, is that I know you're a competitive individual. You enjoy playing in competitions. Yeah. However, I also know that if you if you go and play in a competition and you feel like you can't really win it or have a chance of winning it or doing well in it... Yeah you tend to back away from things like that. Do you feel that yeah. as a scratch golfer, because if you take a club competition here, for example, playing for the scratch prize, yeah. are you getting the same amount of money or, or no, vouchers in the shop? Do. No, you never do. No. So what I'm getting at is like, you know, if you're going to go out and win every scratch prize, which, you know, there's a, there's only probably four, there's probably a handful of you that could win that anyway yeah. in a competition. So is that enough competition for you so, to 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 want to enter and play. So I, I guess I've never been one for if you win a if you win a prize or 
a monetary value. It's not really ever bothered me. That's just a bonus. My my aim when I came back to Chester was to get my name on the board. Trophies. As yeah. many times as I can, uh, whether that be scratch or handicap. But the target every year is to get my name at least once on the board because that's yeah. never going there. In 100 years' time, yeah. even if the clubhouse is not here, those boards will be transferred and your name will be on there and they'll see it and go, oh, you know, there's Leicester's name, whatever. Um, that's always been the... The sort of aim for me, I guess. Um, I know what you mean about about if you don't feel like you can compete, then what's the point playing? I do have a little bit of that in me, but also it's hard to get up for certain events. Yeah. Um, I probably shouldn't say it, but like South Devon League, I enjoy playing in it, but am I that bothered about winning it? Because I've won it before. It's not. It's a handicap competition. Probably really not, to be honest. No, but you enjoy playing it. I, you enjoy the the individual competition. Enjoy that you the individual have on the competition. Day. But I mean, we went to Dawlish needing to win significantly to win the league. We didn't manage it, but Dawlish won the league and Stover could have won it. But I didn't really care. He won it. We didn't win it. So it wasn't like it didn't bother me. Like yeah. some of the players, like oh, I'd rather they won it than them. And I'm like, I don't, I don't actually care. We haven't won it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but yourself, have you got any targets for the? I know you're busy always with the got YouTube targets, and, Bernie. Always got targets. But, I mean, you've neglected your golf a little bit with competition with, golf. Competition, yeah, are you going to get back neglected. into that? What's what's your? I said plan it last or? year. Said I would. Never yeah, did. Never did. No. Um, am I going to? Am I? Am I keen to get involved in it again this year? Probably not. No. I, again, I've got a couple of events that I want to go and try and play in and compete in, but they're not in any sort of high level types no. of events should we say they're more local than anything else because I just don't want to travel for a tournament anymore I'm, no, I'm happy to play locally and compete locally and see some old friends and do all those sorts of things but I don't really want to go and travel so no. um, so yeah if it's going to be anything it will be the, the Devon and Cornwall PGA bits and pieces that we play in locally so that's that's good enough are you going to play in them this year not all of them no. I'll play in one or two and certainly maybe the the championship ones yeah but but that will be pretty much it for me, is I that, would think. Is that mainly due to the fact that YouTubing does for you involve a lot more travelling than than others and you, you're not afraid to travel to get good content, particularly in the winter? So you do do a lot of travelling. A lot of your golf events will are winter-based, aren't they, with the with PGA local regional stuff? Is that, is that the reason or just...? The, it, uh, I'm I'm absolutely a little bit disappointed in my answers to this because I not that I've lost my mojo of wanting to compete, but um, I feel like I have a bit. Mm. I have because I've been so wrapped up in what we do here and what I do daily with the channel and and with the business side of things that um, I turn up to events and I get to about the eighth ninth hole and I might be still be doing okay, yeah, but. I'm still thinking about what I should be doing in my brain. What I should be doing is not being here and I should be at the office or I should be out filming and doing all these sorts of things. And to go out with that mindset is just the wrong way to go. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things certainly here have to settle down more before I can really show, show that I want to go and compete a bit more. And, not, and just, uh, you know, I'm happy to go and play in the pro-ams. Like I've got a couple of abroad to go and do, which... I'm looking forward to because they, yeah. they, they're, they're great golf courses. And I'm, I'm and actually, to be fair, I'm actually more interested in the golf courses that I would probably be a bit more selective of the the events more based on the golf course and how I can yeah, go make, and enjoy the golf course. Makes total sense. You know, so St. Maybe. Melian's on the roster this year. Yeah. And um, that interests me to go and play at St. Melian again and, and put a card in my hand around St. Melian, which is yeah. um, would keep people up at night. 
yeah know, because it's such a tough golf course but for me i think i'll be a bit more selective on that i, I know what you're saying because i'm your youtube business is is a lot larger than mine um you employ people in the business you do a lot more filming and it you know you've got a base and stuff whereas i'm I don't want to say playing at it because that's not really the word, but mine's, I want to say less stressful, but even then it's hard to switch off. Yeah. And even at night I'm thinking of ideas or this needs to be done tomorrow and, you know, you're planning ahead and golf does take a bit of a backward seat and it's, yeah, I mean, you must, I, I didn't realise the, the, I don't want to say stress because it's not, you know, people would like to be doing what we're doing, but the the amount of time and work and, that you have to put in to keep thinking of ideas and producing content is you just don't switch off. No, you don't switch off. You don't switch off. But it's, and that's the problem, you see, when you go away and, like I say, when you go away and play in events and things like that, it's like generally as well, like I would struggle now to go wasted and play an day? event. Yeah, not wasted day, but like, yeah, a bit well, of a wasted day. But like, like your events are, some of your events are certainly weekends of yeah. which you can switch off a little bit at a weekend and say, right, okay, I've done my work in the week. I can I can switch off and you, play and have fun in the weekend. I mean, you say that. I, I spent last Saturday editing a video. Yeah, well, I yeah. didn't even play. The weather was bad, yeah. which is good. You get the flexibility that, as an amateur, so I, can pl- I play Wednesday mornings early and yeah. Saturday mornings early, so I'm done mid-morning. But you don't get that option when you're a pro, do you? No, you're, you don't. You're told your time. If you if you play in a pro am, I mean, people are probably not aware of it. You have to. You finish top three either in the individual or the or the team. You have to stay around. For so the you whole could have day. the yeah. you could have the eight o'clock tea time. They're not always local. You might have a couple hour drive for, or even up to sort of three four hours. I know yeah. one of them's in Wales, isn't it? That Paul played in. It's like four hour drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to hang. You play your golf, which takes longer. You hang around all day for prize giving, and then you drive home. Yeah, it's, it could be a seventeen, eighteen hour day. And if I'm honest, and uh, I know Paul's Paul's had this conversation with the region about it. I don't play yeah. in events. I don't play in bigger events like that no. further away because I don't want to. Ha- like I might have a little purple day and play well and win something. Yeah, I've not got time to be sat there waiting around all day. No waiting for prize giving you know so no. that's probably one of the main reasons i don't enter events yeah um, and i would say that's a number a number of pros are like that don't enter events because of those commitments that you have to show yeah. to the pga on it but yeah i would say my my goals are are still the same every year i still want to do well in the devon pga or of america um a pga championship which is only on one day which is yeah. great that's another trophy that i want to try and get but i think it's important to stay competitive when you're filming and when you're doing the YouTube journey because I just I just think it's important because you get the respect of people as well. Yeah, I think. I, I, but I think you can. Like, I think you can put yourself under some little bits of pressure if you want to. Yeah. Yes, it's more relaxed, as in the golfing element is more relaxed. The filming bit is a bit more stressful. But I think you can put yourself under, you know, you can try out different types of shots, which I actually really like. And yeah. I've be, I, I feel like I've become a better golfer because of YouTube. Dude. It's allowed me yeah. to be able to experiment with my game, whereas instead of me going from competition to competition to competition where you're in scoring mode, I can be out of scoring mode and test my game a little bit more around tough golf courses Yeah, um, by being a bit more experimental with certain shots. So that do, helps me. So do you find then when you're filming, if you're playing a competitive match, say you're, you know, you're doing the break pass series, yeah. do you find... And against something like playing a scramble with your, with, with friends in a more friendly yeah. environment, that the content 
and it's a different type of content, but there's more banter flowing when, when it's less pressure. Because I'm finding that as well. I've I've sort of gone away now from... I was playing sort of matches against people, stroke play, nine or yeah. stroke play, into let's play an American foursome, so you play as a bit of a team. Yeah. But, and I find the content... It's different content, but it, the, it relaxes the people a little bit more, especially the first time in front of a camera. Do you find that? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it. There, I mean, you know, whenever you're filming something, you're always trying to, you're always thinking about what the audience want. And, and you know, even though we're doing a break pass series, you know, there's entertaining value from it, not just from banter, yeah, but from what people can learn. Because people come to YouTube for, they either want to learn something generally. Yeah. So if I want to go and build a shed, I'm going to go on YouTube and figure out how to build a shed. Yeah. But if I want to hit a certain type of golf shot, I might go to YouTube and look at that, or certainly people will. So when we're doing this break, break pass series stuff, that's a bit more, you know, it's important to shoot a decent score or put a score together. There's ways in which you can entertain people from showcasing your, not just your skill set, but your knowledge of how to do certain things. And that's yeah. why it's great having the type of players that we've had on in the break pass series, because yeah. they've all got great knowledge. They know how to play certain shots and people can take, take something from that. It doesn't have to always be banter, banter, banter. No, no. As long as you give that, that audience, yeah, as long as you give that audience something else to take yeah. from it, that's important, I think. Yeah, definitely. That. So moving on then, PGA Tour, Sahith yep. Thagala, yep. the winner of this week's PGA Tour event. We've met him. Well, yeah, we were lucky enough at last year's Open, yeah, at St. Andrews. Uh, St. Andrews, to interview him and do a little bit of work through FootJoy, because he's a FootJoy wearer of Definitely the shoes. I'm not Pro SL. Pro SL. Pro SL. Yeah. He, he loved the Pro SL, didn't yeah. he? It was his go-to shoe. shoe, and he's a really, he was a really nice guy, really friendly, really helpful. Yeah. Um, one of the new breed of golfers coming through. Yeah. Who is social media um, and camera friendly? I'd say it's probably the best way to describe him. They they, he... they brought up with the with the generation below us who have been brought up in this world who are very good in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, he was brilliant to interview and to talk to. Yeah. Couldn't have been more helpful and brilliant to see him winning on the PJ Tour. Now, he is somebody that I think wears his emotions very much on his sleeve. You know, even just yeah. us chatting with him, you know, he didn't know us, you know, no. he, but he was he was speaking to us in, in a quite a deep way, really, wasn't he? You know, um, he was very open to having that conversation, whereas a yeah, lot definitely. of the tour players are very much like one question, one answer, move on. Yeah. You know, he was like happy to chat. Very natural. Very natural. Probably the, um, yeah. the word. Yeah, just just um, a guy, I'll be honest, didn't know a lot about. I don't follow I don't follow the mainstream tours particularly that closely. I yeah. have done more recently, because obviously with this show and stuff like that, yeah. we talk about it. But he was... Um, a guy that surprised me a little bit. He was, yeah, like I said, he was he was really friendly, really open. I felt that if we'd have spent more time with him, we would have had some more gems. And he was he was keen to open up. Whereas a few of the guys that we've interviewed, a little bit more closed. Yeah. Um, which is different characters, different people, I guess. But he was, yeah. I'm just delighted. Um, if I wanted anyone to win, him winning was yeah was good. Was brilliant for golf and also. For him personally, I'm pleased for him. Now, I watched him on the full swing in one yeah. of the episodes there. He was he was very much a part of that. And, um, you know, again, you talk about, look about his background and where yeah. he's kind of come from and his parents, certainly Indian parents. Yeah. Um, so to see him, like you said, come through um, 
and and it's people like it's people like him that really do help grow the game oh. in in areas of the world that that you know we've never been to um, that can really showcase what what kids can do and coming up through the ranks. So it's, I, I think it's a win for golf when, when people like Singh are yeah, win the, the more, on tour. The more diversity and, and different winners we get um, from different parts of the world on different tours is probably the main way to grow yeah. golf, isn't it? I mean, they see, they see you know, him himself or, you know, even, you know, like a, a, a Polish golfer coming through. Yeah, um, Adrian Moronk. Yeah, Moronk coming through. That suddenly then... Other Polish people to get oh golf looks cool like you know he's a winner we could it. we could get in there and then obviously the countries will invest money in golf won't they you saw, we saw what happened in France you know with going to um, Le Golf National and and the training facilities and the facilities that they now have at that particular venue and how in the next five ten fifteen years how there's going to be more and more French golfers who go through that process who are going to be competing at the top of the game yeah, and it's absolutely. great for golf and talking about golf and talking about let's say the flagship event that's just gone on on the dp world tour yeah the bmw event at wentworth. pga championships yeah. at wentworth uh to see the amount of rider cup players that came up through that were number one all the rider cup players made the cut yeah so that's a result that's, yeah a couple definitely. of them on the number but made the cut and then all of them doing well and you could see there certainly in the last sort of part of the leaderboard top 10 players your yeah. Tyrrell Hattons your John Rams people like that Victor Hovland right there Rory McIlroy come hurt come into a bit of form which is good cool yeah yeah um just there or thereabouts um but to see Ryan Fox come hurtling through yeah. with a triple so he had a triple on like the third hole made a seven up the par four up the hill yeah and then and then shot um a shot eight under coming in after that so pretty yeah. tidy. I mean, um, I've met him a couple of times when I was, you know, with Strixon, with Ian Steele, who's the Strixon tour manager. Um, he came into the tour van. Yeah. And really friendly guy, really chatty, top like top, top guy. And he's um, played here. Yeah, he did a sort of exhibition match. Ian brought him down here, must be a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, which was great for the members to see him play. And he hits it miles, by the way, absolutely yeah. miles. Yeah. Um, but he's been sort of, last couple of years been up there as one of the best players definitely in um, in Europe yeah. on the DP World Tour and you know he would have won the Order of Merit a couple of years ago if it wasn't for how weighted it was on World Championship events and and majors you know brilliant for him to win the, the flagship event on the Europe in the on European soil which is brilliant and I think I got a funny feeling it might put him up to certainly maybe even top the order of merit now for the uh, DP World Tour I think I know that was a target of his so yeah. that's brilliant if he has I mean I don't yeah, I, I don't haven't know. seen I have that yet those rankings yeah brilliant uh, again New Zealand another another country New Zealand which yeah. is gonna, I know they've had some good players like Frank Nobolo in the past but yeah. it's going to help again grow grow golf in, the, in, the, in, in New Zealand, in New Zealand absolutely yeah. right and one thing that I saw that he was very excited about at the end of the uh, at the end of the tournament there, and certainly just as he'd gone into the prize game, was he mentioned to his caddy how that gets him back into the Masters for next year. Top, was that top 50 in the world you need to be? Top 50 in the world, yeah. Yeah, so that's brilliant as well. So, I mean, the repercussions of winning winning events and playing well, it, may, it, you know, it can change your life, it can change your season, can't it? So yeah. next year now, in the Masters, he could 
rock up and win that, can you? Could suddenly become a major champion. Yeah. Which um, would obviously going to be his next step, probably on his on his career to try and lift a major and elevate yeah. himself further. So we've talked a little bit about myself and what I've been up to, but obviously um, you're one of the main main part of this double act. Yeah. So what have you been up to? I know you had a little bit of a time away. Time out. Yeah, time out. Yeah. So what what did you do? Why why did you feel that necessary? I took a bit of time out because I um was looking at the, the analytics of the channel. There was a lot of things going on in the background with not just the YouTube side of things. We had this wanting this to get off the ground and get this yeah. going. I've started up my own podcast as well, which I'm really excited about, Behind Golf with me. Um, which the idea of that is to interview people who I spend time with. So yeah. there's, everybody's got a story as to what they do in golf and it's behind golf with me, um, which hopefully, it, you know, it, it won't, don't get me wrong, it's not a podcast that's going to get out to the masses and it's not going to excite everybody. But I think there's some amazing, some amazing stories out there with golf yeah, definitely. and how people have made their journeys along the way in golf. And there's so much that we can all learn from that. So that, that's the beauty of golf, isn't it? There's a lot. Everyone's got a story, yeah. And no matter whether you're the best player in the world or whether you're working in a pro shop somewhere, there's yeah. you, there's a journey and a story how you've got there. And you know, it's good to. I just think it's good to find out. I like all that. I like yeah. finding out more about the characters and the people that are involved in certain aspects of the business. It's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. It, it, and and even just the two that I've done to this point, um, it's been fascinating to, you know, Alex Etchers being one of them. You know, striving to get to a hundred thousand subscribers, and he's, you know, he wants it so bad. He's just, he's a bit like me. He wants that um, silver play button so bad, and he's, and he's, mm. you know, he's been in this game of YouTube and content creation for twelve years. Yeah, you know, he was one of the early ones into it. Yes, it wasn't his own channel, but he was working for other people doing this sort of stuff. You know, and then speaking to Richard Hemming, who's got involved with this side of things. You know, speaking to him about how do you grow a brand in golf? How do you grow a club brand? in golf and yeah. that was quite exciting to, to listen to that story as well and his yeah. little journey along the way to get there and I think everybody like you said everybody's got a journey everyone's got an idea of of where they wanted to be or whether they've made that or not and I think I'm really excited with what this podcast could open up like I said it won't go out to everybody as no. in it won't it won't be attractive to everybody no but I think there's so much that people that either are interested about the golf industry or want to get into the golf industry in some way or even work in the golf industry currently, they're going to find it quite fascinating to hear but it. To me, that's the best, I know we're sort of sidetracking a bit, but that's the best thing about golf. There's so many avenues to, yeah. to be involved in the game, whether even if you're just a, a, a monthly medal player, but there's loads of ways you can make it into a career, you can make it into a business. There's lots of there's lots of different sort of aspects to golf, which makes it such a great game. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, so I've been obviously busy doing doing that and hope, and setting all of that up. And then I just like I say, the, the YouTube channel was um, was was not I wouldn't say struggling, but it was just you know the the amount of money that you rely on to come in because of the watch time and things like that, which yeah. is really important because it, obviously it. it it keeps me doing this full time and helps me employ people and all that sort of stuff that was taking a big drop. And there was certain videos that you could look at as bankers and go, that's going to do well. Didn't really do that well. So it's been a bit of a confusing time. So I thought, mm. right, you know, this time of year when money's very low of the income that comes in from YouTube, let's just take a time out. Let's try and figure out what we're actually trying to do. Yeah. And, how we're going to move it forward and and 
I want to say that I've got the answer to that, but I'm not sure I have at this stage. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it's just important to every now and again to have that sort of reset button and just take a step back from it, look yeah. in from the outside maybe, and then just check if your plans change, change your plans, but have a have a target, have some plans, and then just adapt to that. And it's just YouTube and, and the world of social media is always evolving and changing. And if you don't take that time to you know step back have a look at how you think you can improve or how you can make things better then you get left behind yeah absolutely right and um it's good to have a break as well just to it is and it was good it, it has been great yeah it has been great to have you a break you seem happier and more um the word? Hopefully, I don't know, yeah slightly more positive slightly not more saying you're negative because you're not no. a negative person but i just see that you've got your um what's the word got your buzz back got buzz, buzz back i've got a yeah. buzz yeah. Um, but even though I have been away, we've actually been away, haven't we? Because we went yeah. and did, we went and over to the Golf National in oh. Paris and did an yeah. amazing little um, Ryder Cup series. Thank you for the opportunity to go and play that golf, golf course. course. Oh, well, what that? a golf course that is, by the way. If you haven't played it, then it needs to be on the bucket list. And there's videos coming out on Ryder Cup week. So it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, what a golf course. I absolutely loved it. They could not have been more accommodating and friendly. Yeah. And the golf course is world class. It's one of the best I've played. Yeah. So difficult. <laughs> so difficult. Well, that's it. I think we've rabbited on enough for today, Bernie. Yeah. Are you anything else that you want to report for the two ball golf show? No, I think we've entertained the masses enough today. Is that right? And they will be looking forward to the next potentially one. the next episode. Potentially if it, if it goes on. Episode, if it continues. Because it's all good things have got to come to an end. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the two ball golf show is going to continue for okay. some time Brilliant. yet. <laughs> all right. Good news. Well, on that note, we will close down the two ball golf show. This is yeah. episode three and we are checking out. Thanks for listening.